Phil, the barbershops in Madison are open again. Where have you been? You're looking like a long-haired hippie. How long have we known each other, Scott? I've always been a long-haired hippie. You look fluffier than usual. Getting haircuts has never been a, a big priority for me, and it's not something I do on a regular basis. Now, some of my hair is falling out, so that's helping to keep it under control a little bit, but not as much as yours. Uh, yeah, I'm a little short up on top. Uh, my wife actually cuts my hair. There's not a lot of work to do there. So I haven't been affected by the closing of salons during the pandemic. But on Tuesday, Dane County allowed non-essential businesses to open at 25% capacity. That includes barbershops, restaurants, and bars. Two of our favorite places to go, bars and restaurants. Some of them are not <laughs> opening because they say 25% capacity doesn't work for them. Most of the rest of the state is allowing its citizens to do pretty much what they want. So today on Center Stage, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics, we're going to talk about Dane County's cautious and confusing plan to slowly reopen amid continuing concerns about the spread of COVID-19. We're also going to play some audio clips from our editorial board's recent interview with County Executive Joe Parisi and his top health advisor. I'm Scott Milfred. I'm the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hans. I'm the political cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the Wisconsin State Journal editorial board. The more open half. The hairier half. <laughs> no, you're here. I'm Maury Ball. All right, here's some of what Joe Parisi told our editorial board in a Zoom call last Friday. You know, we're doing the best we can under uh, under the worst of circumstances. You know, it's you know, I, I'm personally responsible for the lives and well-being of 550,000 individuals. And I go to sleep with that fact on my mind every night. And so the decisions that I make have to be based on how can I best protect the people of my community? Um, because I, I see the ravages of this disease every day. And unfortunately, that just kind of bounces off the radar screen. Um, and we could find ourselves in a horrendous position, just as could people across this state even a few weeks from now, especially the places that have flung the door open. I immediately asked him, how close are we to phase two? There's four phases he has here. Each phase has to take 14 days. So they essentially added a couple months to the governor's safer at home order that the Supreme Court struck down a uh, week and a half ago. And the thing that I think most people are upset about with the forward Dane plan is that there's really no light at the end of the tunnel. Phase three is not normal. Phase three is business at 75% capacity and no real idea when that would end. Uh, so people are looking at this and saying, this is sort of government limiting business and what we can do for the foreseeable future. Yeah, we had an editorial in last Sunday's newspaper that agreed on the need for some caution to prevent a sharp increase in COVID-19 cases. But that concern must be weighed against uh, the livelihoods of small business people in the larger economy. This forward Dane plan has four pretty slow phases towards something approaching normal, and we're stuck for at least two weeks in phase one, even though Janelle Heinrich the director of public health, Madison and Dane County, uh, even though she told us during our Zoom call with Joe Parisi that the criteria for phase two had already been met. 
So I sure hope that Joe Parisi will be willing to ease some of these restrictions faster if the rest of the state that doesn't have all these rules manages to keep the virus at bay without them. I think the Supreme Court really goofed up when they knocked down the statewide order a couple weeks ago uh, because the state was on its way to opening up. And instead of having sort of this measured approach that would have ha- would have kind of set standards for the entire state, we have as to what uh, yeah, I believe Tony Evers referred to as the Wild West in Wisconsin. So most of the state's open with no rules and only people's sound judgment to keep them safe. And it only takes one moron in a bar to infect the entire bar. That's the thing. I mean, I have a lot of faith in the people of Wisconsin to make the right decisions. Most of us, I think the vast majority, I'm worried about what do we do to protect us from those morons who refuse to wear a mask in public or demand to, you know, have their, you know, say that infecting other people with the virus is their right or something like that. Other than some video of a couple bars on the night that the Safer at Home was struck down across the state, other than a couple bars packing irresponsibly people into them, I haven't seen much evidence of bad behavior across Wisconsin. Uh, Actually, in Lake Geneva, there were some pictures of pretty crowded sidewalks there. But those are all people from Illinois. You can't, you can't, you can't blame us for those morons from Illinois. But generally, Wisconsin is responsible and playing it safe. I do wish the governor would send the legislature some narrow rules on bars and restaurants, uh, limiting the indoor capacities. Doesn't look like he's going to do that. I think he wants the Republicans to own this situation so that if suddenly there is a big surge in cases, they're the ones to blame uh, because they brought the lawsuit that struck down the safer at home. The legislature could, if they wanted to, set some standards and send them to the governor, but they, they seem to have absolutely no interest in doing anything on a statewide level that would do anything to either limit the freedom of businesses or protect the vulnerable. They just have no interest in doing that. Unless, as they've said, uh, an increase in cases that's dramatic does occur, it sounds to me like then they are going to want to negotiate something. They're just saying, let's wait for that to happen rather than get ahead of it. The virus likes that. They like the whole wait and see if we get infected first idea. But it does feel like here in Dane County, they are taking things slower than what the governor otherwise would have in terms of opening business up to responsible customers. I would agree completely. And what's sort of ironic about that is that Madison's a big chunk of the state's economy. And if Madison is going to be closed for much longer than the rest of the state, it's going to keep dragging down the state's economy while the virus spreads in other parts of the state. The governor had six criteria for when he would open. Dane County has expanded that to nine. Because Dane County always knows that more government is better. (laughs) Uh, A minority of council members and county board members have actually said they think that county is going too fast, which I disagree with. But at the same time, they've also complained that it's a bit confusing. The plan is that there's judgment calls for Joe Parisi and his health officer as to whether they think we should open. It's not a real strict metric that you can definitively say we've met it or not. And so I kind of pushed them on when will we get to phase two? Phase two would allow 50% capacity, for example. I think more restaurants would feel like they could open at 50%. I think very few places feel like 25% capacity 
is really allowing you to open at all because you just can't make money at that low capacity. That's what restaurant owners and bar owners have been telling our reporters in recent weeks. But we can't go to phase two yet because we have to be in phase one for 14 days. We have had low rates of illness, but we are doing more testing. And with more testing, we are finding more positives, but that positivity rate is still staying fairly low in our community, which is good. Um, But, you know, things could change. And we've started to see over the last, um, you know, I would say 10 days as the weather has been nicer, there have been groups of people who've been, you know, getting together outside. And all of that puts us in more places of contact with each other. So I think it's even more important to continue to kind of adhere to the recommendations and the requirements that we're putting forward, because the more we can do that collectively, the faster we can move through it, because we'll see that we're doing the right things to keep those levels low. That was Janelle Heinrich, head of Dane County and Madison Public Health, defending the patience of the Forward Dane plan. We also asked Joe Parisi if he's hearing from lots of business people who want to open faster, like most of the rest of the state. The mood really ranges from just really good, open, frank discussion to some people are, are really angry and really upset. Um, but I would say the majority of the people um, that I'm aware of and business owners and, and people in the business community, they get it, right? And they're looking for certainty. And that's why we hope that this plan that's been laid out um, and and, and I, I, I have to give kudos to Janelle and her team for the work they have done. They're literally working 24-7 for the past two and a half months. And this plan that they have put together at least lays out very clear, concise guidelines for businesses to look at. It's not only here are the criteria that are going to be used, but here is how you're, you know, what to prepare for in phase one. Here's what you'll be able to do in phase two. Etc. So we're trying to give as much certainty as we can during a very uncertain period of time. He's right that the plan goes from 25% capacity to 50% capacity in the second phase to 75% to 100. That is nice and simple. But the measures that determine whether we move from one phase to another are awfully complicated and I think are open to some interpretation depending on what county officials want. As much as it's fun to criticize the people in charge and who are running this thing, I do sort of feel for them because there is there is no blueprint for how to deal with a, a nationwide or worldwide global pandemic like this. The last time this kind of thing happened was 1918 when the flu ravaged the world and 500,000 Americans died at least. Whatever didn't work back then, uh, I don't know if we're looking at the same sort of data and what, what doesn't work now. There's There's just no blueprint for how to do it. And of course, there's going to be judgment calls uh, involved. And we're going to look back 10 years or 15 years in the future and look back at which counties that knew about the virus. What, what was the death rate? How many, how many people died and how much damage was done to the economy? And that's only the only way to really know how successful these plans are going to be. I don't think it's fun to criticize the Dane County officials. I just think some of their plan doesn't make sense. For example, in phase two, they would allow as many as 2,000 kids under one roof at a high school in Madison. No offense to my daughters who are both high school age, but teenagers are not as responsible, generally speaking, as adults, in my view, yet they would still keep office spaces at 50% capacity. So we're not going to trust the grown adults as much as packing kids into one school. We know that this digital learning that's been going on is leaving a lot of kids behind. You know, not your not your kids and my kids, but there are lots of kids that aren't doing the work and there's no way to make them do the work. 
And so getting the kids in the school building is the only way to ensure they're getting any sort of education for a lot of these people. And the businesses that are forced to stay at 50% capacity, a lot of them have the ability, like we do at the State General, to work from home. You know, I've been just as efficient and effective from my bedroom as I have been from the office. So I do see there's some logic to that. And school is essential. You know, we don't want a whole generation of kids not getting an education because they didn't have good Wi-Fi or they didn't have good parents to make them do the work at home. Uh yeah, but I think then the public officials should be honest that they are prioritizing public education over public health. This bugged me back in early March when the state health officials were recommending canceling any event with more than 250 people, yet Madison still wanted to put more than 1,000 kids in some of the schools at one time where they could quickly spread it. So if we're going to prioritize public education over public health, we need to be honest about that and the risks involved. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. But public education has to be a priority. I mean, if this goes on through the fall... We can't let people miss years of education because of it. I mean, we got to figure out how to make it work. And I don't know how to do that in the most equitable way possible, possible. You know, it's fine for my kids. My kids are great. They'll be fine. They love, they love sleeping in and not going to school every day. But well, my, my son does, my daughter's not so great. <laughs> She's missing social interactions. But, you know, I think a lot of times the public education system is built to deal with the kids who don't have a whole lot of options and a whole lot of help and support from home, you know, and we got to, we got to look at for those kids too. Yeah. But at the same time, we can't indefinitely in the same way as you're talking about public education, can't indefinitely just be out of school. We can't indefinitely uh, leave small business and large business people. The economy just ruined for them. I completely agree with you. There seems to be in Madison, there's a bias towards the public sector that education is somehow more noble and important than somebody running a business and that businesses will figure out a way to get through it and it's not the government's job to make sure that businesses can have an environment where they succeed in. Right, but if mom and dad are unemployed, then junior is not going to be as good a student. I mean, on the flip side of that too, Scott, our economy can't open up without schools being open. There are too many parents who rely on schools for childcare that can't go back to the workforce full time without the, without the kids having a place to go. You know, they're, they're linked. In summer, we don't have schools open now. That gets into year-round school, another priority that we've had on the editorial page. But in summer, a lot of kids are at home anyway. And a lot of kids are at summer camps, and those are all closed. Those are going to be all closed down this year. Which you know? brings up another point that I'm a little uh, concerned about with the Dane County plan is when it comes to activities for kids, whether it's sports or camps, uh, in the Dane County plan phase two, three, and four, it's very unclear what's going to be allowed. That's sort of to be determined. And I, I hope that Dane County is going to have as much flexibility for child care and camps in the summer as they have already said they will have for schools. Yeah, I, I would hope so too. It'd be great if kids could get out there and play, play sports again. You know, and those activities are really important for social and emotional development. I'm not sure there's as essential as getting an education are. I mean, they're, they're complementary. We want to have well-rounded children, right, Scott? They can't just be eggheads. But no, I mean, I think part of it is that there's this is complicated. And there's a lot to figure out. And everyone's got a niche and everyone's got something that they're worried about and concerned about when it comes to this pandemic. And I, I'm kind of willing to, to cut the, the people doing this for the first time a little bit of slack, ask some questions, try and get them to explain a little bit more. But I'm not ready to call this tyranny uh, of Dane County. Maybe it's just a little, 
maybe it's a little heavy-handed, but Dane County is always a little heavy-handed, you know, and and so that's what yeah. to expect. It's part of it's, no, it's part of why it's part of why we're we're such a great place to live. It's hardly tyranny if you're encouraged to wear a mask when you go to Woodman's. What we have to learn from this is that the people in charge, the officials, are are trying to set guidelines, trying to set parameters, trying to set rules, but. They got to be flexible. Everybody's got to be flexible because nobody knows how this is going to play out. If we're at day 12 in a phase and the cases are plummeting, you know, maybe it's time to open up. And for most of the public, I think that's true. It's flexible. I guess the the concern in Dane County is how long are a lot of businesses going to have to sit at 25% capacity if their competitors in other counties are at 100% and doing just fine. So hopefully, uh, maybe that is one of the benefits of this plan being a little confusing and vague, is that they can adjust. I mean, that Governor Evers was adjusting his plan, not based on the metrics or the science, just based on what, what he thought people could reasonably do. For example, when he let the retail stores open with five or fewer customers, it wasn't because somehow the metrics in his plan changed. It's because he thought these businesses could do it responsibly. So hopefully Dane County will be doing a lot of that, too. I am worried about Wisconsin. The virus is still spreading across this nation. And while we've had a, we've had a drop in cases you know, nationwide, a lot of that drop is from communities that got really badly hit by the virus. And it's like, you know, there aren't as many cases in New York City because New York City got really badly hit. Detroit. New Orleans, all these cities that got really badly hit by the virus, they don't have as many cases, so our, our rate of infection is sort of going down. But it, it didn't strike Wisconsin bad to start with. We, we, we mitigated the first wave. We, we got through the first wave of the virus pretty well, I think. And I think we should all be a little more worried than we probably are about what wave two and three look like. And in fact, I'm kind of glad I'm in Dane County. I've been out of the county a couple times in the last few weeks. And the amount of mask wearing in public when you're at the grocery store or uh, the lawn care store, those types of places, people in Madison are, are, I would say, by and large, people are wearing masks, which really limits people from spreading the disease through the air, which seems to be the number one thing. And it goes to other counties, and it doesn't seem like that's the case nearly as much. Yeah, and I'm getting all these comments on Facebook because people are dumb about masks. The masks do not never protect the person wearing the mask. The mask is to protect everybody else from getting spread on, getting sneezed on. You know, that's all the mask does. It just is a courteous thing to do. And as my cartoon said, not wearing a mask in public is like being a jerk. I read that when you are speaking to someone face-to-face, you might get 200 particles of the coronavirus spread to you, and you probably need about 1,000 for it to take. But if someone is to sneeze or cough, it's like 200 million particles. Oh, wow. So that mask really does play a big defensive role for others if you are wearing one and happen to sneeze or cough and you have the coronavirus. It's the nice thing to do. It's not about being paranoid. It's about being nice and respectful of the people around you. I mean, I'm I'm hoping we can open up. I want to go to the terrace again. I mean, I I want to I want to get out there and do stuff. I'm not I'm not crazy about spending all this time at my house and on the golf course. As much as I think people should wear masks when they go indoors at a store, I think there's also some mask shaming going on where I mean, if you're walking outside or you're jogging and you're not around other people or you're with your family, sit at a 
you know, picnic table, I don't think you have to be wearing a mask. Uh, there, there seem to be, particularly on social media, it seems like someone will take a picture and it will appear that maybe these people at a distance are a little close, although a telephoto lens can pull people in closer than they actually are. And people start acting like these are terrible people, but they don't actually know the situation that they're in. Yeah, if you're going for a hike by yourself or with your family, there's no need to wear a mask. And I see, I see pictures of people on social media like, look at me, I'm in the woods wearing my mask. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, or who are these people driving in a car alone wearing a mask? That seems <laughs> unnecessary. I did that at one point because I was d- taking a very short trip uh, between the grocery store and the gas station. I was like, I don't want to put the mask back on. So I drove like a half mile with my mask on. So you could look at me, Scott, and said, who's this moron with a Hawaiian shirt, long hippie <laughs> hair, and a mask on? Yeah, and in defense of some of the college students are being criticized, when I was in college, I lived in a house with six people. So under the health guidelines, if those are the people you're living with in the house, you don't have to stay six feet away from them when you're out in public. So let's all, I guess, be less judgmental. Let's all hope for the best, follow the guidelines by health officials, whether we are in Jefferson County or Dane County or parts unknown. And the other thing that we're going to have in an editorial this Sunday, Phil, is some good news and in, in some innovation that regardless of where you are, there are some people doing creative things. For example, Madison might soon allow more tables outside of restaurants, more tables on the sidewalk, on the boulevard, more tables maybe in the street if we don't need the street for cars because people aren't driving cars as much. And uh, I think that's a good idea. People have talked a lot about how this virus is changing a lot of things about our society. You know, there's a, we're, our carbon footprint is down as a society. People are working from home and telecommuting has gotten, everybody's gotten good at telecommuting. Maybe this is something that, you know, sticks going forward. Like maybe this is our chance to finally get the buses off State Street and turn State Street into an open, you know, pedestrian mall plaza type space. And there's lots of streets in Madison that seem to be open for not a whole lot of traffic. I'm thinking especially of where we had the photographs in the paper. That is that a stretch of Main Street uh, right off the Capitol Square? Nobody drives down that stretch of the road. Why is that a road? Why don't we just close that off and have it be an outdoor dining dining area or a plaza? Maybe going forward we'll uh, have a world that's a little more human-scaled and less auto-scaled. I would be much more likely to eat out if it's outdoors than indoors, which this would facilitate. In the last week, you could go into a bar, fill or a restaurant, as long as capacity is uh, only at 25%. I have not done that. Have you? I'm still doing takeout if I'm buying things from a restaurant. I'm visiting grandparents in a couple of weeks, and we're doing everything we can to stay safe to make sure that we don't pass anything on to some grandparents uh, down the road. So I have not, despite my desire to go get a margarita Pasquale's, I have not done that yet. And maybe I probably won't. It sounds like the rules are if you do go into a bar and order a beer or a drink, you got to be six feet from the next person. Who's not in your group? Who's not? You can sit right next to your spouse or something like that. If that's the case, fine. Uh, But generally, I don't want to be in a bar if I'm six feet away from everybody. Our theme music is by Tube Tester. Find and follow Center Stage with Milford and Hands on your favorite podcasting app or go to go.madison.com slash center stage. 
You also can subscribe to the Wisconsin State Journal's digital edition for just three bucks. Go to madison.com slash subscribe now.